I'm Melissa Currents. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the fourth episode of the What Would Alice Paula Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're going to be talking about engaging new volunteers in person and online, and we share an activist alert. Amy, you attended a committee meeting today for the National League, right? I did. I did. You know, it's it's really great when you get to, even though it's a conference call, and sometimes conference calls are kind of like a routine, um, when you get to hear the national staff from the League of Women Voters of the United States, it you just, after after that call, you just fill with pride. And I feel so lucky um, to be able to be on the phone and listen to them and it's just give me like a whole renewed sense of like mission mm-hmm. and how there's so much work to do, but also just the faith that how these people, and, and we don't have a lot of people on staff, but how they're, they're doing so much. Right. Um, they're just, they're doing a lot of work and a lot of great work. And yeah. I don't think we toot their horn enough for them, but I'm just so proud of all of the people that we have working at LWVUS. They're just wonderful. They're national leaders in um, voter rights and, and how to uh, organize at the grassroots level. So we really are lucky to, to have them for sure. Yeah, they're and they're, they just have so much wisdom. Like some of our staff members uh, have been there for decades. And so they've seen a lot of things come and go. And uh, they, you know, I mean, to be a staff person on an organization for decades shows that you have a lot of commitment and, you know, you truly understand what's at stake in our democracy. And I, I just, I, yeah, after that phone call today, I just felt so, I was just like, wow, really? let me get out there and do something great today. I can't wait. You're like, we got to record Amy while she's all pumped up <laughs> That's right. for this podcast. Well, we're going to jump into our Deeds Not Words segment, and today we're going to talk about engaging new volunteers. We have tips on how to engage them in person and also online, because that's very important um, in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, this, I'm excited. This is probably my, my most one of my most favorite topics, uh, I think because I do a lot of it, mm-hmm. uh, especially when I was in Michigan, being the grassroots organizer. Um, because you want those people, once you meet them and you've gotten them excited in that first introduction, you want them to come back. So now the hard part is to get from that first handshake saying, hi, my name's Amy. I'm in League of Women Voters. This is what they do. And they're like, wow, that's great. Right. Now, how do I get them to come now to my forum or sign on to my newsletter right. or, you know, register people? It's, I, a, that's, it's growing a movement. And that's exciting is. to w- witness. Yep. Yep. And it takes some work. It does. But it sure is fulfilling. Um when you have the group of people who are committed and dedicated and excited to come back um, and again and again. Right. So we're going to start off and we're going to talk a little bit about what would be a negative um, for people who are coming to the League of Women Voters at first and why they might not come back to the organization. So we have kind of a little running list of things that might make your volunteer either not make it to that very first event um, or they might not come back after that event that they had just come to. So some of the things that 
might keep your people away are an email design. So if your email, because this sometimes is the very first time that someone really is getting to know your organization and, and you, um, is that first email. So if it's text heavy, doesn't have any graphics that capture them and bring them in, it's long, doesn't have any links in it, taking them to, to you know other articles or facts or opportunities, you're going to lose them. Right. Another thing is a lack of communication. So one, you might not, did you ever ask them what drove them there? What made them want to come to the league? You know, what excites them? And did you ever tell them that, you know, these are some of the opportunities you have and that it's not scary or intimidating and we'll have lots of people here to help you and support you. So having not enough communication or no communication will certainly not bring people to your table. Don't understand that what their role is. There, I've had this before where I'm like, I'm supposed to do what? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And so you feel lost. And, and that's just really scary because you don't want anybody to feel like they aren't living up to any expectations. Right. So if they don't see how they fit, they can't, they don't understand what the role is that they're not going to come back. If they feel that their time is being wasted or that their money or energy is being wasted, they're not going to come back. Uh, two more, I promise. There's not much more. <laughs> um, if they don't feel connected to the people, if they don't feel like that warm and fuzzy feeling like these are my peeps, they're not going to come back. And mm-hmm. if they don't feel respected by the other volunteers or the staff, they're not going to come back. Mm-hmm. So those are that's a that's a list, and it's kind of depressing. <laughs> Hate to be a Debbie Downer no, here. No, no. Well, you know, I'm um, as you were reading your uh, your list, I was thinking about a quote from Maya Angelou, and um, she said, "I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel." Mm-hmm. And I think that really applies here. If they have a negative feeling about it, they're not going to waste their time coming back. Oh my gosh, that is like, that is the perfect quote for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 100%. Rock on. Go mom. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she knew. How'd she know? How did she know? <laughs> yeah, she knows. Right. Um, yeah, and I, that this goes for your online communication too. So it's not just that face-to-face relationship building, but uh, it's also online and you are building a relationship online. So we want to make sure we keep that in your head when you're going along with this podcast is that this is both face-to-face as well as social media and your online platforms. The next thing we want to get into is some of the, just some of the bare basics before we get into some of the other uh, meat and potatoes is some of the basics. So if you want to, you don't want this negative list, right? You want to avoid all of these negative things we, and, and you want... None of us yeah. do the negative, Amy. No, yeah. no, no, it's always great. Um, especially since the league is always about the party. And right. so it's always fun. <laughs> People always feel welcome. But just to make sure that we are always, you know, just, you know, for just good keeping, housekeeping, we're going to go over some basics. So one great way to capture your new members. And so I, for example, we have a lot of new people. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of new people have joined the League of Women Voters after the Women's March. And so what better way to bring them into the fold and to the love of the League with, than with a training and orientation mm-hmm. so yeah. that they have a clear understanding of what the League is, what the role is, and so they can see how they fit into that mission work. Right. They don't have to wait for you to tell them. They know mm-hmm. what to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then communicating how the volunteer t- 
task, how that meshes with our organization goal. So if you're giving them role, especially at an, you know, a training or an orientation, you explain, you know, clearly what the role is and it's not licking envelopes. It's something that's challenging. And so that's my next point is I want to make sure that they have something that's an, a challenging task. You know, maybe they can even put this on their resume later. A lot of young people need resume filler. So um, you want to give them something that is worthwhile. It's not going to waste their time. And that they're going to feel really good telling their friends, like, can you imagine? I, w- I just registered, you know, 10 new people who can now go and vote. Right. Or I was at a naturalization ceremony. And God, I feel awesome right now. Uh, so another thing is refresher trainings. A lot of us league members, including myself, need refresher trainings. And so just to keep people coming back to the league over and over, uh, having refresher trainings is a really great thing. I know when I was, when we were in Michigan, the state board oftentimes put on regional trainings. Mm. Oh my gosh, those were so great. I loved regional trainings. I got to learn how to be a moderator for the forums and, um, it was, it was really great because sometimes you're not always available for some of these initial trainings. And so when they have regional trainings, you can really harness and hone your skills. And so um, that's a good thing. And also train the trainer workshops are another great way to train some of our season league members to be trainers when they go back home to their local leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, continuing on that investment in education with our our leaders. ILO stands for interleague organization. And so oftentimes that's a cluster of leagues that have created like more or less a coalition and they have a board and they oftentimes will collect a small due from each member and they have, you know, they can even have positions. So just to kind of give you a background of what ILO is and um, really they can, you know, just like a local league or a state um, league, they can put on forums and they can put on trainings and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they put on some kind of train the trainers or, or orientations or anything. Cause they, I mean, they're very, very robust in their education okay. materials. So one other thing is that, uh, I guess two things is having really great communication. If they don't know that there's an opportunity, then the opportunity doesn't really exist. And so great emails, great Social media use, you know, using Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those. Um, those people are online all the time. I'm on Facebook, I swear to God. It must be like 12 hours a day. <laughs> so that if you want to reach me, the fastest way to reach me is probably going to be Facebook, not so much my email. But not everybody's like me. I have younger friends and they only do Facebook. So it's everybody's different. But it's got to look good. It's got to be polished. And it has to be inviting. So good communication. Um, Melissa, do you guys ever, when you're in your league, what kind of ways do you do to organize volunteers and to ask them? Do you have any kind of tips for that? Um, Well, I'm thinking about the emails first because, you know, I'm a tech girl. Even the subject line is something that um, a lot of people overlook. So um, not calling it like the voter May 2017, put a headline in the, or a subject line that, sounds engaging like um, help us with redistricting reform today and then that could be the subject of your voter email or your or um, whatever your newsletter is called for your for your league the ways that we or have organized volunteers before is that at annual meeting we'll have like a, a fair set up so we'll table each committee would table uh, we'd encourage new members to get involved and find out more about committees right there yeah. uh, one thing I've noticed I actually noticed with PTA of all things, um, as well as my my other son's cooperative preschool, but using signup.com, 
I think it used to be called Sign Up Genius, but I think now it's called signup.com. And that is like the most handy resource for organizing volunteers ever. And it's super easy to start one. And then you don't have to sit there and send emails back and forth to everybody making sure they can fit this time or that date. And it's just a little checks in the box. And then you can have a list of who's, you know, who's available and who's not. Similarly, if like you're asking people to bring meals, uh, meal train. (laughs) Meal train. I know these like these great platforms that are help help you organize. And so for people who are just getting involved, like I said, they use a lot of uh, technology to engage in the organizations. And so we got to make it as easy as possible and meet them where they're at. And so using things that like meetup for a voter registration drive Mm -hmm. makes it so easy for them to just, you can send it in your newsletter, you can send the link up on Eventbrite or Facebook, and then they open up the link and then they can decide what day and what time works for them. And now you, then you would want to send out some reminders to them. Hey, don't forget. Mm-hmm. Also sign up will all sign up.com will also send them some reminders. Is, so they're getting double duty is signup.com. That's free, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's free. Even better. Yeah. And, and meal train doc. Is that meal train.com? Yeah, I think so. And that's also free. Okay. Yeah. We use that for all the school stuff. I mean, that's all that's those and all, you know, when someone's ill and we got to help out, everybody uses the meal train. So wow. it's, um, yeah, they've got so many great things. There's out so now. many websites out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so is there anything else that you could share us with the Facebook, um, Facebook or any of the other social media platforms? Cause you're like our genius when it comes to all of this stuff. And uh, I feel like since we do spend so much time in those areas that it's probably, I mean, especially when people are just learning about your organization and you want to engage them on the, you know, the best foot forward, mm-hmm. what are some good tips for that? Um, well, I'm thinking of LinkedIn, you know, things to think about if you're, if you want to connect with, uh, maybe, per, uh, young professionals or people who are working, but you think would help get your message out. So, you know, it's really, um, a lot of workplaces and I don't know if you've run into this, Amy, you know, they resist, any kind of political activity. And so the league, the League of Women Voters as a nonpartisan organization, we can um, kind of sidestep that sometimes. If they're a professional, they would be okay to share on their own personal um, LinkedIn profiles, like voter registration information, because I feel like how could anyone be upset about, you know, expanding the electorate? On your social media platforms, you're going to have a different community on each of those. So your what um, your fans on Facebook are going to say or might be different than who follows you on Twitter or who follows yeah. you on Instagram. What I've noticed is that a lot of media outlets um, will follow um, our league on Twitter because they're, you know, mm-hmm. journalists tend to use um, Twitter a lot. But then um, people who are activists and who want, you know, to do the redistricting change, they would they are more um, uh, engaged on Facebook. Yeah. And then and it seems like a lot of younger people are on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And Snapchat. Yeah. Because you have the visual and that captures them. And, you know, great visuals would be, um, you know, voter registration. Uh, candidate forums um, where you can show access like um, if you are working with a tv station and you you know you get to go behind the scenes at the um, you know the tv studio people love stuff like Mm -hmm. that yeah so and this also makes me think that about our newsletters so oftentimes local leagues and state leagues will put out newsletters and so i think it's also important that 
we think about the graphics and the pictures that we put in there mm-hmm. of our volunteers because volunteers, you know, they, they want to be recognized for the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so having fun pictures in there kind of helps them like, hey, I'm, I'm really part of this. So they feel connected. They feel connected to the mission because there's usually going to be some kind of description about what this picture is of. And then how often do you think we should be sending out these emails? So I think we shouldn't um, hold back. I think that um, local leagues should consider, you know, sending emails at least two or three times a week. You know, I hear a lot about um, worrying about over-emailing people and other Mm -hmm. organizations that I get emails from, they'll email me like two or three times a day sometimes. And I don't unsubscribe because I want that information. And I think um, we have a lot of information to share. So I wouldn't hold back. If we got information, um, I'd just go ahead and send it out. Yeah, especially when you think about league members are your neighbors and your friends Uh, your community members. And so they actually have something important to say, not some, you know, big national organization that doesn't seem very grassroots who keeps sending out all these emails. Like I, I'm totally interested in what they have to say, but I might only like glance over one a week if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. But if my local league is sending me something or my Mm -hmm. state league is sending me something, you know, I'm going to be opening that and reading it cover to cover. So I, I totally agree. I think we need to be sending out more stuff and very, and we definitely send out reminders because sometimes we just forget. I don't write it in my, I'm old school. I write it in my calendar. And if, you know, if I got busy, I didn't read it, but I saw it in my email and now it's, you know, it's not bold anymore and Mm -hmm. I'm going to, move past it. I, it'd be great to have another reminder tomorrow. Well, and I think even thinking about if you have a really long newsletter email that you send once a month, maybe chunk those out. Like people aren't going to read a whole long, you know, if, if your newsletter is 10 pages of scrolling, maybe chunk those out and do like a, an article each, you know, send an article per email and you'd probably get better engagement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. People would feel more connected. The news is, it's ongoing. The league is very active. Mm-hmm. This is a part of an organization I want to be a part of. And if so you're, absolutely. yeah. And if you're busy, you can just read the subject line and you'd probably get a gist of it and you'd still be involved. You still would know what's going on. Yeah. Which goes back to the importance of a very good subject line. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> so uh, podcast episode. Yeah, for real. Because <laughs> that's really all we read anymore is right. the subject line. Right. <laughs> the last thing I really want to touch on is, and I think that it's really important when we're working with volunteers, and I, I, did, I did already touch a little bit on it, but I want to to go more into it is really capturing the work that the volunteer is doing. So one, we want to make sure that the opportunities that we have for them are well planned out, that they're very organized. So, you know, if if you had a voter registration drive coming up and the rain happens that you got a plan B so that that volunteer who just drove an hour to get there, there's something for them still to work on that they didn't waste their time. So always making sure there's a plan B, everything feels very organized and leagues were actually outstanding at this we I've never felt like my time was wasted but just just as a reminder and it's always good I guess to have a reminder right but then the other thing is to recognize the league member or these these new people for their contributions whether it's their time their money um you know, they're engaging, you know, they make a comment on your Facebook page just to recognize them and one to say thank you. And then if they are helping out a lot to really go above and beyond and toot the horn for them. I remember when Melissa and I were on the young people task force and we were doing a lot of research to find out what other organizations were doing to engage young people. I 
called up the Oregon Bus Project, and I fell in love with that organization just from the staff person on the phone because she was so excited and loved what she does and loved the volunteers. And she shared with me that one of the ways that they get their volunteers committed and really excited about their work is that they have a shirt. And this shirt is, it's called the shirt that cannot be bought or, or the shirt that cannot be sold. But I think it's bought. And so you have to work your butt off to get this shirt because you can't buy it. Nobody can buy it. And so you have to work so many hours. And so this is a great example of how league members or volunteers can work really hard and then they can show off and we can show off for them how awesome they are. It really shows that that's their identity. So Mm -hmm. if I wear that t-shirt, my identity is I'm connected to that project. And so that's, that's what people are looking for today is that's why people take selfies because they want their persona to be out there. So if they're wearing your t-shirt, they are living your, um, your mission. The other thing is also when, uh, you have your annual meetings or regional trainings or these training orientations, it's really great to make shout outs to these volunteers at those events. So I love the, I love using annual meetings as a way to celebrate the work of the volunteers. I know oftentimes we'll have these wonderful forums and we have a, it's a great opportunity to learn about an issue that matters, but I, I personally like to use those annual meetings as a way to just really highlight how like all this great work, because not everybody's involved in everything. We're not always reading all these emails. So when you're seeing a video or a slideshow of all these happy volunteers registering voters or doing a study or, you know, getting together to do something awesome, it's it just makes it makes the work, we've all feel more connected in the work and the mission and just connected to each other. And so uh, telling the story of the volunteers, I think is a really great way to recognize all of their contributions. The volunteers are the backbone. And if we don't have them, we don't really have much. We have a few hands-on ideas that we would like to share with you. So we did talk about uh, fixing your email, you know, making email so that they stand out. And we talked about the sign up genius and reminders, a couple of other things that we wanted to kind of, kind of put in your tool bag, or for instance, the phone, it is, don't be afraid to pick up the phone, but not necessarily just a call. You can call. And a lot of league members do want you to call, but also a text. Like for instance, I love to get texts. I, I ha- I'm surrounded by crazy yelling, screaming kids. Uh, it might be better just to text me and I'll get your message. Uh, a great to remind me. I have a voter registration drive coming up tomorrow. You can text me that. Another one, someone actually is a, a new league member I just met a couple of months ago and she had a great idea for engaging new members was cluster mentorship. i I've never heard of this idea before, but I really liked it as soon as I heard it. Cluster mentorship. So if a seasoned league member takes three or four people under their wing and kind of coaches them, they could have lunch dates together, ask questions about what the league is, work on a, you know, work on a project together. You know, maybe they're designing a t-shirt or maybe they're doing a registration drive in an apartment. Um, But it's a, it's like a little cluster mentorship. I thought that was a great idea. It's like um, team mentors. Right now, it seems like marches and rallies are all the rage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it might be good to have a rally. Uh, Not, you know, you don't need to march for everything necessarily. But if you have an issue or a, a group of people who have the passion, this is a really great way to get all those people together doing something, putting some visibility on that issue. This last weekend, I was um, at the Falls Church as a Memorial Day parade. 
And I didn't realize how big this thing was, but one of the local groups asked me to participate and they, they even made me a sign. And so I can't say no to that. Another, <laughs> another engagement <laughs> idea right there, right. make it so they can't say no. <laughs> and so, um, so I showed up and it was awesome. It was so good. And it, you know, you just marching in, I mean, it wasn't a march, it was a Memorial Day parade and we're raising visibility on an issue. But similarly, I'd like to share the idea of rallies, having speakers, having energy, you know, maybe some snacks on the side because you got to have the food, but having all these people together, that's a gr- another great way to engage them in an opportunity to do some advocacy and really, you know, channel all of that passion into, into one place and one project and then you can build from there. And I'm thinking of a, um, a suggestion that I heard the suggestion was that if you have a small league or a small group if you go in if all of you go to like a city council meeting it will look like you have a bigger league like the you know 10 people that you have it will look very impactful if you show up at a council meeting you could do like this idea of a rally but go and do like observer corps I think that's awesome and wear a t-shirt I'll wear a t-shirt the same color or something and you would really stand out. It doesn't take that many people to stand out. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. And I mean, it, it shows at the city council that you're watching them right. and you've got a group of people with you. So you better behave. <laughs> I guess really the last, uh, I, I personally would like to share a couple of the events that I put on for my local league and vol- um, community members. So I put on Sips and Civility and we pick a topic each month. And we use discussion questions to kind of navigate our conversation. And, and this this Sips and Civility, each month, this event is about getting people from all different backgrounds to talk. And and I'm engaging them in that they, they keep coming back every month because they, they want to engage in these difficult conversations and learn from the person across the table. So I really, I really like those. And then I always bring postcards with me and some cool like Superwoman, Wonder Woman stamps. <laughs> And then that way, when our conversations are going and they feel passionate about something they just heard, now they can send off a postcard to one of their legislators. And I have a list of, you know, everybody's legislators and their addresses. And so it's super easy, fast opportunity to get them doing civics, doing advocacy right now on their own terms. Another one that we had done in the past was article, it was, we called it Extraordinary Article and Film Discussion Club. So <laughs> similar to Sips and Civility, we try to get people from all over. We used meetup.com and Facebook and we used Eventbrite to reach people outside of the league to, so that they could come and participate. And those were also really great conversations. I think we actually watched Iron Jawed Angels, which is why we love Alice Paul so much. It's because of that movie. <laughs> the last one is Civics Game Night. I just started this one a couple of months ago, and I'm really trying to get young people thinking about civics. I, um, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how well, how much we're allowed to teach civics in high school anymore. And so I was like, you know what? This thing's at the comic book shop is happening. Maybe we could like infuse civic board games at the comic book Whoa. shop since that's where all the young kids are hanging out these days. And so far we've, it's been really fun and, you know, fairly successful. I it's, we're still new. I think we've only done this for two months. Um, and, but it's, it's, we get young people there every single time and, uh, everybody's doing civics and some league members were like, holy cow, I had to come back home and go read up on one of the constitutional amendments because well, I forgot what it was. They were beating our league members. The No, no, but the games can be kind of tricky. Oh. So you, you want to go back and like, oh, I can't believe I flubbed on yeah, that We one. have to study up. Even the league yeah. members do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are just a couple of the examples that I wanted to share 
that yeah. I've personally been working on. And then that longer list was all the other stuff that you can be working on. So yeah, when uh, the presidential debate was happening, I did a Twitter takeover of the League of Women Voters uh, local account. And I said who I was and I just was uh, interacting with folks. And your league offer a Twitter takeover of your account to someone who um, maybe will be doing a rally. And so they can, t- they can tweet their experiences as they go throughout the day. And then their people um, who they follow will follow your account. Well, we should have someone take over our uh, social media account. So email us if that's something you would be interested in. You could share um, a day in the life of a league volunteer. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Sweet. Yeah. Take pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, reach out to us. We're at alicepaulpodcast at gmail.com. So we want to share with you a action alert that the National League of Women Voters has put out. It kind of harkens back to our first episode. Uh, we were talking about Alice Paul, and um, I was kidding, and I, I suggested we name this segment um, Peeing in Their Boots. <laughs> segment. I'm totally for it. <laughs> I totally think we should do this. So it's the activist alert. The sub the subhead of this um, segment is peeing in their boots. <laughs> and um, if we just wanted to make sure that if you haven't yet followed the League of Women Voters action alerts that you do so because they um, sent one out today, we're recording June 2nd. And so this action alert is actually it's protect our care. So we all take it. We all need health care. Everybody's going to get sick at some point in their life. You know, you can do this right now. Like sign up LWV.org. Sign up to get those action alerts. So if you haven't if you haven't done that, this is a great time to do it. And then go do the action alert. And what's great about the league's action alerts is that you can amend the letter that's in it. And so if you have a U.S. senator that's already, you know, he's already he or she is already against what's going to happen, then you can say, you know, I thank you so much for all of your great work representing me. Um, and then on the flip side, if you know he or she is putting out some bad stuff, then you tell them, tell them that, you know, this is not right. You know, you represent me and this is not what I wanted to, you know, want you to be representing. Right. Sign up LWV.org. Go to the action alerts. Start getting those into your email. I promise their subject, their subject is great. You'll, you'll know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Right. <laughs> And it makes you feel like you're making a difference right then. And you can call too. That's what's great too is by if you really want to make it, you want to go above and beyond on that making a difference and doing something great today, you can not only respond electronically on this action alert by just filling it in and then emailing it off, but you can also call. You can use what the league gave you in that email as a script, as bullet points, and then call your representative or call your senator and just go off of that. And um, so now you're making two touch points with your person and that's, you're going above and beyond. We're going to wrap up and kind of review about engaging our volunteers, both online and in person. So let's go back to the idea about having those trainings. So if these are, if you can't do anything else that we talked about tonight, just do these couple of things and you're going to have a whole group of people coming in, cheering you on, can't wait to get involved, rolling up their sleeves. So number one, have a great training and orientation. Give them some roles, give them some challenging tasks to do, find out what it is that interests them. Secondly, have some good communication. Talk to talk with them often via email, via social media, face-to-face, a text or a phone call. 
good communication. Otherwise, they don't know that you need them. And lastly, be organized in your project design and how those projects are implemented. Make sure, you know, they, people are busy nowadays. They got kids, they got families, they got jobs, they got school, they got dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure they don't waste, you don't waste their time, especially if they may have driven a, a long ways to get there. So if something happens, life happens, have a backup plan. This is Melissa Currence. And this is Amy Yersted. We ask, what would Alice Paul do? But it's more important what you're going to do. We'll see you next time. Thank you.